everybody, and welcome to Two Funny Astronauts. I'm one of your hosts, Garrett Reisman. And, and I'm your other host, Mike Massimino. And Garrett, today it's a little bit different. It's usually just the two of us, the recordings we've made so far. But today we have a third funny astronaut. And again, we're not saying we're funny astronauts. We're just, you know, we're funny for astronauts. We're not funny people. We're funny for astronauts. <laughs> but we have a third guy with us. <laughs> Who is no kidding hilarious, <laughs> Mike Good, uh, our good friend uh, Mike Good, nicknamed Bueno, who uh, flew with both of us That's right. in space. And I don't so want to. You I don't and I never flew together. I don't want to. You hype and I never flew together, much. but we have Mike in common. Yes, what's that's that? True. We do have Mike in common, and I don't want to hype this yeah. too, too much. But but Bueno over here might be funny for a person. He might not. No. Not he, yeah. He might actually be a funny guy. I, I think he could qualify. No, he not, is. None of this is true. Like. At best, we're going to be two and a half funny astronauts. There's, yeah. <laughs> who's, Mass, the, who's the half? Mass always told me, leave the comedy to the professional. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but Garrett, if, I, if I had to say, uh, you might be the half. <laughs> <laughs> Is that some kind of a short joke? Are you, yes. are you making fun of me? I know, but don't, I tell, President, don't tell President Obama um, I know that he has the uh, executive order out, not to, no more short jokes after the uh, Oval Office visit we, that we had. He told you right to you your face that, you, that as leader of the free world, you were ordered to stop making fun of me for being short. Yeah. Were, you, were you guys making fun of Garrett? We got to tell, now we got to start with this one, apparently. <laughs> were you guys making fun of Garrett in front of the president of the United States? Well, it's, yes, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in the Oval Office on our post-flight uh, tour after 1.32, and uh, we're all just standing around. So, of course, we were joking about it just like we have for the past year. And uh, the president takes Garrett's side for some reason. And so he tells us all, no more short jokes. And so as soon as we walked out of the Oval Office, we started right back up again. You know? They did. But actually, actually, the way it started was we, we, gathered around, we gathered around that resolute desk, you know, the president's desk in the office for a, for a photo. And they start pushing me towards the center, right next to Pre and 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 President Obama is a very tall person. Okay, he's very how tall. How tall is he? He's got to be like a, he's taller than you. I mean, he's he's got he's got to be over six four. I'm thinking. Uh, no, that's just, was, that's what it looks like from your vantage point. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, <laughs> he, was, he was taller than anybody else on our crew, and you get, we have some tall guys on our crew. Right? All right. Well, we how tall? Anyway, anyway, anyway. I the point is, I get I get pushed I get pushed towards the center. And I look up at, 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 and I'm standing there, and I look up the president. And I say, "Hey, how come I always have to stand next to the tall guy? It makes me look bad." And and then he. So you brought up. it up. I did bring it up. I, I opened the floodgates. By the way, he's six foot one. I just looked it up. No, he's six foot one. I was going to say he's probably. Come on, Garrett. That's just what he's listed on, right. as. <laughs> you know. He's lifting. Anyway. He's wearing lifts. Maybe you're shorter than what you're listed as. Uh, <laughs> Go anyway, ahead. the point is that he, he puts his arm around me and he like and he pulls me in and he goes, oh, come here, little fella. <laughs> and then and then they open the floodgates and then then Bueno and everybody else starts making fun of me. And then he says, uh, so you stop it. He wags his finger at the crew and he goes, you got to stop it. This is a real American hero. Stop with the short jokes. All right. I order you as leader of the free world to leave this guy alone. And I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. It didn't and, work. And we he did for a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't know the whole story. The, pr the president is there to 
you know, he, he was there. He was already president for a couple of years. He's used to being a diplomat and trying to get people to get along. And that's what I'm guessing. That's what he was trying to do. He's, yeah, trying to do the right thing. So he uh, this is so uh, there's a follow up to this. And and, I, and we got to I really want to uh, let Bueno tell his side of the story. Uh, but I'll, I got to wrap this up so, by telling you the second half. So I go back to the White House for the Hanukkah party. All right. Mm-hmm. This is like six months later, almost to the day. I'm back in, in. So we were there in the summer. I'm back. I'm back for the Hanukkah party in December. And um, we were in the receiving line to take a photo with the president. And there's, and there's President Obama and the First Lady Michelle Obama. They're standing right there. And as I walk up there and, and there were like a whole bunch of people waiting in line. So I don't know how we I didn't see anybody whisper in his ear or anything. I don't know how we remembered. But I walk up and he, and he goes, Michelle, Michelle, you see this guy here? This guy is a true American hero. He's an astronaut. Okay. Uh, and you know what? His crewmates were making fun of him all because of his short stature. But I put an end to that. I put an end to the bullying. I stopped the bullying. Wow. And I said, I said, well, Mr. President, um, it didn't work. Uh, you know, later that very same evening, we were in Georgetown University giving a crew presentation and they started in again with the short jokes. And he goes, that's not right. And he turns to Michelle. This is like a thing with him. He's like, turns to Michelle, he goes, am I or am I not the leader of the free world? And, and, and Michelle goes, yeah, honey, you're a leader of the free world. And he goes, what I say goes. I said, this is not right. And I, and I said, well, Mr. President, um, would you put it in writing? <laughs> and he says, he goes, yes, I will. And, and, and he, he says, talk to my man. So he brings over his assistant, Reggie Love. And he took that. Wait a minute! Email this address. really happened. This really. All happened. of this really happened. All this really happened. So the man's not worried about world peace and taking care of our economy. He's worried about your 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 height problem. Well, but you know ahead. what? You know what? This I what never. You so, so what I did was I actually emailed in. I wrote up a whole presidential proclamation, right? Like whereas Garrett Reisman's a real American hero, blah blah blah, uh, and, yeah. and therefore be it resolved that if any crew members from STS one thirty two on Atlantis ever make fun of him again, they will be in really really big trouble. Signed, Commander in Chief, <laughs> President Obama. And I said that, in. and uh, and I, and I guess he is concerned about who he was at the time, and now he's retired. Maybe he can help me out now. But at the time, he uh, he must have been concerned about like world peace and everything because I never got an answer. I never I never got it back. Or maybe he didn't want to sign it, and we you know this conversation continues if you know what I mean. Yeah, could be. But enough probably about he was just too busy. <laughs> to be fair, I think we just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a direct violation of a presidential order. We just forgot. <laughs> so, Where is a direct violation? Uh, I'll get over it. Well, uh, Bueno, we should talk a little bit about Bueno here, our our guest. Uh uh absolute great guy, good friend of uh for both Garrett and I and many other people. Uh went to Notre Dame. We can talk a little bit about that, too, as there's some references in your space flight, of course, to Notre Dame with uh, both Garrett and I. And uh, then into the Air Force, uh, flight test engineer. Am I getting it right so far, Bueno? Uh, flight test navigator. The, yeah. Flight test, uh, flight test navigator. Yeah. You, f- you flew in some really cool airplanes, and, uh, and then you became an astronaut in the class of, uh, of 2000, the Bugs, and got a chance to fly in space your first trip on uh, SCS-125 to Hubble with me, and then uh, the two of us were assigned as spacewalkers together and went out into the void together. So we have that 
that connection forever. And Garrett as well on your on your second flight, right? You guys both went out there and spacewalk together on space station. That's right. We did a spacewalk too. So I got a question for you, Bueno. Who was better, right? Uh, <laughs> spacewalking with me or spacewalking with uh, this guy? Yeah, we honest. And, you know, remember, you spacewalk with me on Hubble. This seems like a trick and it, of some sort. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a straightforward no. question. But so, there is a right answer. Um, <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like when you're a parent and your kids, right? You love them all, right? You love them oh, both. Oh, jeez. Um, but, and, and your favorite is the one that you're with at the time, right? <laughs> so, now, <laughs> so this is the a little trick. father, too. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you, it was a... Uh, Two completely different uh, experiences. Yeah, so yeah, I got to fly twice in space, once with Mass on 125 to Hubble, and once with Garrett on 132 uh, to the space station. And pretty cool to get to go to two different destinations and, you know, very different orbits. There were different altitudes and different inclinations and uh, a really different mission, too. And uh, and the spacewalks were different because, Mass, we we did our spacewalks out of the, the, the space shuttle, right out of the airlock. Yeah. We just went as soon as we got outside. It was like you're out working in your garage, you know. And yeah. you know, there's the telescope. You just you know scamper over to it, and uh, you know we spent a lot of time out there just running around the payload bay. Um, but I still remember you went out first in that first spacewalk. I remember poking my head out for the first time, and you kind of come out on your back, and wow, there was the whole there was the Earth just uh, you know 300 miles um, what looked like above us, but we were actually upside down. So uh, there's there's really no up or down in space, though, right? No. So, uh, really, it, you know, neat experience working uh, on the Hubble. Um, you know, actually going over to it, opening up the doors, going inside the Hubble uh, Space Telescope, and and working inside of it. And they were really, you know, crazy about any any fod or anything, any foreign objects getting inside Hubble and uh, messing it up. So they were very, they were always telling us, you know, don't break the telescope. You're going there to fix it. Don't break it. Um, we had to be very careful. Yeah, but then and then uh, going over to the station, that was a completely different experience. It's so big, and Garrett and I, we actually slept in the airlock the night before, um, so that we could reduce our our pre-breed time. So that was that's an experience that I always tell people. I slept in the airlock with Garrett, um, and and there's no you know no no telling secrets or nothing in there. It was a um, it was just a really cool experience. You know, you wake up in the morning and. Uh, you know, you're going to go out and do your spacewalk. But then when you go outside on the station, holy cow, it's huge. And so we had like a, you know, a 20 minute commute just to get out to our work site. And uh, but it was pretty cool. So the thing that ties us all together is then it, I don't know, Garrett, if you remember at the end of our spacewalk, because we were all the way out at the end of the station, you know, at the end of uh, the P6 truss. But we got to come back into this, the shuttle's payload bay. Remember, we had to go get something. They wanted us to go get something off the wall and bring it bring it back inside. So I said, aha, this is an opportunity. This is gonna be fun. Cause I remember we, we would uh, mass on our mission. We could scamper up to those back windows they have at the aft flight deck yeah, and get yeah, our get picture, picture taken, taken, right? So I said, Garrett, when we get in the payload bay, just be quiet, you know? <laughs> and we'll just, cause we don't want ground, the ground to hear us and what we're doing. Cause they, they're gonna yell at us for not doing what we're supposed to be doing. So I said, but we're gonna go up to those windows and we're gonna get, we're gonna get our picture taken. And so it was just awesome. You know, we climbed down off the station across the nose of the uh, the shuttle and we go down into the wow. payload bay and we pop up at those two back windows. And this yeah. picture ended up on the on the front page of the New York Times, right? Garrett, above right. the fold. Above the fold. Above the fold. We're above the fold on the front page. Uh, the, that yeah. picture was a great picture. 
But it was pretty yeah. cool because we're taking pictures of the guys inside and they're taking pictures of us, taking pictures of them. And um, it was just, uh, it was pretty awesome. And Garrett, that's when you took that's a picture cool. of me too. You like turned and took a picture of me and that's like my favorite picture, um, you know, from being outside. So I got your, I got your good side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good side of yeah. your helmet. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, pretty... that was amazing. What I really loved about our spacewalk, that that one, first of all, that unless something crazy happens, that is the last spacewalk you and I will probably ever do. So that was it, right? right. And um, and what a way to go out because um, it was it was my it's it's my it's my favorite spacewalk. I, you know, I'm not just saying that because you're our guest. Uh, uh... And uh, and Rick <laughs> Linehan and Steve Bowen, you know, um, please don't uh, take any offense. It's just that. The great thing about it was at that point in the mission, we had this thing suitcase. We had it nailed, right? We were way ahead of the timeline. We had overachieved on the previous EVAs, previous spacewalks. And and so we were kind of relaxed. And we also knew that this was kind of our last, this is probably going to be our last hurrah as spacewalkers. So we were out there and, and they were like run, no, normally if you are ahead of time, they have a whole bunch of like, on, on a way they have like a, a, a to-do list uh like a big long list of stuff if you have extra time and we even worked through all of those things they had us put tools and toolboxes and climb all over the space station to move things around for future spacewalks and they were running out of stuff for us to do we were like that far ahead and uh and so we got to like kind of have a chance to stop and smell the roses i mean i remember that doing that thing with the pictures you just described in the back windows i remember um just holding on to the space station at one point and doing kind of like uh, in uh, like Leo DiCaprio and Titanic, like I'm king of the world. I got the whole space in, and I'm watching the, the sunrise over the horizon of the earth, holding like with the whole space station behind me. So I got nothing in front of me but the sun coming off the uh, over the side of the earth. And those those memories and the fun we had, because there really was was no pressure on us, uh, which is very unusual. All my other spacewalks, I'm like, we got to stay on schedule, got to stay on schedule. And we were just kind of chill. And, and, and as a result, we actually were very efficient. We actually worked really well. We got everything done. And it was just like, yeah, it was really a special, special time. Oh, yeah. Mike, what do you have to say about thank, it? Thank God there were no icebergs up there, but it was a kind of a Titanic <laughs> moment. Um, yeah. So Mass, uh, you know, the difference, yeah. you know, on Hubble though, we were yeah. up higher. We were up at like 300 nautical miles versus 200. Yeah. And we were going, right. uh, so that's as high as the space shuttle could go. I, you know, I yeah. tell people that was when they launched Hubble. Wait, I just happen to have a, a model of the whole space telescope here. If you want to see it, <laughs> <laughs> I did this for Garrett. No, Garrett. Yeah, you'll be all right, Garrett. That's the telescope. Yeah, it's my yeah. favorite telescope. So and so, mass. It's I, pretty. It's pretty much the wor the world's favorite telescope, Mike. Yeah. But come on, what, yeah, what, tell right. me, what good has that thing ever done? I mean, I mean, it, yeah, okay. It's made for some pretty nice screensavers. I, I'll give you that, but uh, but uh, but for science, I mean, what has that thing ever really done for anybody? Yeah, don't 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 show your ignorance. <laughs> don't don't don't, don't let the people don't let the people listening mistake your jealousy for ignorance. You know how great it is. Come yeah. on now, you got you got to be able to read those physics books. They're completely different than when you were in high school. Uh, and it's all because of this thing right here. No, but uh, yeah. we had. I say that that's as high as the Hubble. You know, Hubble's as high as the uh, the shuttle could go, but. You could actually go up higher, but then you couldn't get home, right? You have to save some gas to, to do that deal yeah. burn and get home. So we were up there pretty high, um, and we ended up having to go a little bit faster to get up there, right? Right, Mike? I got yeah, this. so Garrett, I have a question for you. Now, there's been a lot of 
a lot of, I don't know, rivalry or talk or I don't know what it is about, you know, Garrett seems to be upset in some way with Hubble Space Telescope. Here's what he just said, you know, a moment ago. And, but I, Garrett, I have a little test for you. You can, can you can see the both of us. Now, for those of you who are, who are just listening to the podcast and not seeing it like on YouTube, might not be able to participate in this, but we'll try to describe it. There's a difference between my flight jacket and Bueno's flight jacket. Can you pick it up? Look closely. Underneath our name tags, can you see it? Mach, what? Mach 26. 26? So Mike's got a Mike, Mach 26 patch, which I normally would wear, but I don't. I didn't have one with me to, to show. But Mike, Mike has his. Uh, and the reason, explain the reason for that, Bueno. What happened? <laughs> well, because we were right, only Hubble guys have a Mach 26 patch. But go ahead, right? Tell so what you know. And it's only a little bit faster, but uh, we, you know, Garrett, we went like Mach twenty five point, you know, nine or something on our mission. But uh, the Hubble mission, just because we were up there a little bit higher, as we were coming back in, we actually hit Mach twenty six on our on the tapes, just over Mach twenty six. So we actually had these. Our crew <laughs> actually had these patches made. They're a little bit of a, like contraband at NASA. They're not official yeah. patches, but. Uh, Anyway, we just had a little fun. Oh, we were, uh, we wear we wear them proudly because so, we went right. faster than you guys. All right, so you we rocket went faster scientists. than you guys. A- answer me this. Yeah. So you went mm-hmm. twenty. You're saying you went twenty six times the speed of sound, then, right? Right. As opposed to only twenty. So how do you go twenty six times the speed of sound in space where there's no sound? <laughs> <laughs> how does that work? Hmm. I. I Mike, uh, I don't know if you want to explain that, but I don't. So why don't we move on? <laughs> yeah, that's you want to explain that, Mike? I don't. I have nothing on it. Yeah. The other thing I want to point out, though, is the, <laughs> so first of all, we were going faster, right? We've been the fastest. We are the fastest travelers in the 21st century, right, Mike? That's a true statement. Yeah, that's a true statement. Whoa, whoa, so whoa, 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 other, whoa, 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 No, no, no. We'll move on. No, no, no. So then the other thing is <laughs> the, the other thing century. is the, right, the, I'll give you the, that. the 21st century. Right. The altitude, the altitude we attained. At 300 miles, there was, you know, it's, it's higher, like you said, 100 miles higher than space station. Mike, was there much of a difference in the view of what you saw out there at that? Was there a difference? Or could you, was there yeah. not that much of a difference? No, there was a huge difference because we were up higher. We could actually see more of the planet. You could see more of the curvature. And the funny thing was, um, so we're up there um, for our spacewalks. And we're once we were done, though, and we let go of Hubble and we put Hubble back in its orbit, uh, and then uh, NASA decided that they would uh, lower us on half of our orbit to get us out of some of the yeah. orbital debris. It was actually a safety issue. And so we were now, instead of 300 miles uh, on a circular orbit, we were 300 by 200. So we're, you know, we're coming down lower around one part of the Earth and then going back up to 300. Well, I happened to like look out the window right as we were going at the lowest part, and I hadn't really been paying attention. But we had been up there for a week at 300 miles, and so you get used to what it looks like out the window. I look out the window, and I was like, ah! You know, I thought we were going <laughs> to run into the Earth. <laughs> I thought, we're crashing. Scooter, what the hell are you doing over there? What? <laughs> pull up, pull up, Did you pull look up. up. Yeah. Were there any clouds or birds flying out with you? <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. But it looked, it looked so much closer just looking out the window. It actually... It scared me. Um, I had to like uh, jump back a little bit and say, "What is going on?" So yeah, we used to we, we had a joke on my on my first flight uh, double was realizing how much higher we were. We're like, well, maybe they can redistrict the boundaries of space. 
you know, make it 300 and above. And I ran this idea by John Young, and I go, you know, it'd just be Hubble and Apollo. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, we had a couple Gemini flights. They went up to like 600 miles. And he goes, yeah, we'd get rid of a lot of astronauts that way. So <laughs> yeah. we were up a bit higher. Mm. But that didn't go, they kept it where it was, so. Yeah. So speaking of John Young, anyway, I don't know, dude, we want to move on. So I remember, yeah, you, sure. I remember you guys were talking a little bit about the interview process last time and telling some yeah. John Young stories, and those were, those were awesome. I actually listened to your podcast, by the way. And my oh, wife thanks. did too. And oh, she's, you're the one. She's very, <laughs> you're the one. Thank she was you. very entertaining. We've been looking for you. Yeah, she loved it. She says, she's terrified though that I'm going to be on it. She's like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is going to be the end of a good idea. Like, yeah, I'll be your first and only guest, you know. But do, um, do you have any stories about Joan you want to tell? <laughs> no, that sounds like a trick question too. But I had this, just, I just remember the interview. You guys talked about how we went down to JSC, Johnson Space Center for a whole week and it was mostly medical and psychological testing, too. I want to talk about that. But just that 45-minute interview with John Young at the, at the head of the table and just, you know, the icon that he was. You walk in there, and um, I don't know what my, my heart rate was, but I sat down, and I just remember looking at him. And he didn't even say, like, hi, Mike, how you doing? You know, he just said, he just got right into it. You know, they were doing one of these right after the other, right? So he says, all right, Mike. Tell us everything about yourself starting after high school. Boom, go. You know, that was it. One question, 45 minutes. So you just have to, you know, start start telling stories. And so I started, let's see. Okay, so starting after high school. So that's college. So I'll tell them. I told them the first story I had was about how I got accepted into Notre Dame. Mike, you mentioned I went to Notre Dame. And uh, the way I learned that I got accepted into Notre Dame is that I, I came home from school one day. And there's a letter taped to my door. <laughs> so my mom had gotten the mail. She sees this letter. Apparently, she doesn't care that it's addressed to me. But uh, she tears it open, sees, reads the letter, and puts it up on, on, uh, on my door. So I told John Young that story. And, uh, but I think that was really what they were looking for, right? They just wanted to get to know us. And so I, I uh, you know, but that was the way my mom was. You know, she's, uh, she's a character, and uh, she can never wait yeah. for anything. You know, <laughs> we, I got to, I, you know, when you guys went to space that uh, the second time for both of you on uh, on uh, one, on 132, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was your extended family escort, Mike. So I got to, I got, I was, remember, I, I told the story earlier in a previous episode, I was next to Garrett's mom during your landing. But Mike, I was sitting there next to your mom during during that launch. So that was pretty memorable for me from that aspect to so see who, you guys who, get to yeah. go together. Who has the better mom? <laughs> oh, that's a tie. <laughs> LA, you know, you guys both have great moms. Yeah. That's a tie. But she can never uh, wait for anything. Like, both very lucky. if we send her something for like Mother's Day or her birthday or something, like the day she gets yeah. it in the mail, she's tearing it open. It doesn't matter what day of the week it uh, is. Mm -hmm. She's always uh, going for it. So I don't know. So did she find out you were an astronaut before you? Uh, no, they called me. So they, <laughs> <laughs> luckily, they called me directly. If they had sent it to my house, then she, yeah, she would have known first. But uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the other thing I remember about the interview process, you guys talked a lot about the medical and about the probing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I remember the uh, the psychological test mm -hmm. that they yeah. did too. And then um, then you had to, after you took like this thousand question test, then you had to meet with a psychologist and a psychiatrist. And I don't even know what the difference is, you know, but they were tag team and it was two of them against me and they were quizzing me on a, about my answers to these thousand questions. 
And uh, I just remembered what this must be a rite of passage or something, you know, because these questions were crazy. And I think we were supposed to take it on a computer, but it was broken or something. So we actually had to fill it out like the old SAT or some test where you had to fill in the bubbles. So like a thousand questions of filling in the, these bubbles and, and the questions were just crazy. I mean, I think you guys remember these things. Like one question they just keep asking over and over, you know, like, do you love your mother or, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> well, who's going to like, what does that mean? You know, like, would you rather, would you rather hit your thumb with a hammer or throw up on a bus? I had to think hard before I answered that question. It wasn't so easy so for me. Huh? <laughs> these are all trick questions. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah I remember this other question. Do you ever feel like you have a, a constricting metal band on your head? I said, Hmm, <laughs> no. I don't think I've ever felt like that. So I don't. Do you guys remember that test? Do you I guys do. Say? I do. I remember it taking forever because yeah. we sat there with yeah. the number two pencil, like you said. We filled them all out. It it just went on and on and on. It was getting really tedious. At the very end, I remember there were some fill in the blank questions. You know, most of it was like the, oh, the yeah. bubbles, but at the end, there's a and one of the questions I remember. Uh, one of the questions was, "I am afraid of blank." So I wrote. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you, you try, you, you're, you're planning to be an astronaut. What, what are you going to put in that, right? So I, I put, uh, I'm afraid of, and I feel that I'm afraid of not finishing this test on time for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> and then I, in my yeah. debrief, they're like, so you got a sense of humor. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You are, you're a funny astronaut. This I podcast, know, it was meant to be. Yeah. They figured that out. They figured that, that, that test yeah. figured that out. I remember that question about the, uh, like, what they they asked me a question like that about what was the scariest you've ever been in your life, right? And I, yeah. I told, you know, again, I'm like, well, you know, so I'm trying to think up some good story. So I tell an Air Force story about, you know, flying the F-111. You know, we're down at 200 feet right over the water, 500 knots, and we lose an engine. And so we had to pop up into the into the weather over there off, you know, west coast of Wales and uh you know, we're, it's like a, a washing machine that's off cycle and, you know, it's, it's bouncing us around. And I was riding that ejection handle, like you were talking about the other day, Garrett. And, uh, you know, so the pilot's flying this single engine approach into the, some base we've never been to in the weather and I'm riding the ejection handle. So I'm telling this whole story and I'm thinking I'm, I'm pretty cool, you know, and that this, this must be a good answer, right? This is what they're looking for. I got this, I got the right stuff, right? So then we're going, then we go out to dinner with the rest of the group afterwards, you know, that night there's 20 of us interviewing and we're, you know, we're all just kind of getting along and getting to know each other too. And this, this question comes up and they're like, well, how did you answer it? You know, what did you say? And it's going, it's kind of going around the table. And I remember one of the guys answered the question. He says, for me, it was the flying monkeys on the wizard of Oz. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, I didn't say a word. I didn't say a word. I'm like, they didn't pick wow. that guy, huh? No. It, I don't know. No, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, the flying monkeys were kidding. pretty scary, but yeah, I don't think that's what I would have picked. You know, on 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 the astronaut on the astronaut interview, uh, that, that's what this guy put down for the for yeah. His, yeah yeah boy yeah. the wow they didn't pick him. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So Mike, you, uh, you, uh, you came out of Notre Dame and then went uh, to the Air Force. You were ROTC at Notre Dame, but not right away, right? You, uh, it took 
you were like a year or so there before you joined the Air Force. Is that right? Is that the, if I remember right? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I was kind of a slow learner. Um, you know, so I was just a two-year ROTC guy. Um, my mom wanted me to go to the Air Force Academy. So another, my mom was oh. like, she wanted me to go there, you know, tried to talk me. I'm like, are you kidding me? There is no way I'm ever going to go in the Air Force or the Air Force Academy. That's a <laughs> terrible idea. I don't want to do that. I'm going to go to Notre Dame. I'm going to, you know, drink beer and, and uh, you know, take engineering courses and stuff and, and have a good time, right? <laughs> Maybe not in that order. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but after two years at Notre Dame, I was, you know, I was out of cash. I was out of money. So it was literally during my sophomore year at finals week. And uh, I'm like, oh, geez, what am I studying for? I, I don't have enough money to come back here in the fall. So I literally, I just walked down to the ROTC building. I don't think I had showered in like two days and uh, just been studying, study, study, study. I had, on, I remember I had on this old baseball hat and I, I walk in there and I said, hey, uh, I'm an aerospace engineer. And the thing was, is that most of the people in the aerospace engineering class were either Air Force or Navy ROTC and they were all on a full tuition scholarship. So I'm like, hey, how about me? You know, you got anything for me? And this, I remember this master sergeant, he takes me into the colonel's office and he stands me in front of his desk and he, he took, he takes off the hat and he hands it to me because I, apparently you're not supposed to wear a hat in the, indoors in the air force. <laughs> so they taught me that lesson in the first 20 seconds. <laughs> and I talked to the colonel and, and I walked out of his office with a, with a full scholarship and uh, was off to walk, you know, into the air force in the next couple of weeks. So that all worked out pretty wow. well. Yeah. They let you keep the hat? <laughs> yeah, he gave me back the hat. He told me to get a shower. Yeah. 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 But wow. Mass, did you ever think about going in the Air Force? No, not no. I I don't I don't know, Mike. I don't know how that would have went. You know, I I I have a you know great amount of respect for you guys, all the guys that you know we served with that uh, were in the military, but I don't know if it's me. Although you were encouraging to me at one point. <laughs> if you remember in the NBL one time we were talking about, I think <laughs> you had right. just come back a promotion, promotion, and and uh, you want to tell the story, Mike? Do you remember? What do you remember from that <laughs> episode? I think you should tell the story, but I, I remember like it, somehow we get to this point. I think we were in the you know literally underwater in the uh, in the NBL doing a practice run for Hubble, and uh, we were talking about the Air Force and promotions and things, and and that you got to remember like the Navy. Scooter and, and Ray J, the, the commander and pilot, were Navy guys. So they were constantly giving me a hard time about the Air Force. And they always joked about the Air Force. You know, we, you guys just play golf and you just sit in your <laughs> air-conditioned, you know, rooms and you don't do anything. And, uh, you know, the Navy, they're out there on landing on ships and doing all this stuff. So I would just kind of, we would just kind of play along with it. And I would just joke with them, you know, yeah, we're out there. We're having a good time. And I think you kind of picked up on that, too. And you said, I could... I should be, I could be like an Air Force general. And I thought, Mass, you'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you, guys, you guys, yeah, we were, this is the, con so Garrett, this is the conversation we had during a Hubble training run. I, you guys stuck to business, I'm sure. But it was one of our, I remember I was in the airlock, Mike was cleaning up or something. And, uh, yeah, I was actually outside working. I'm outside working yeah, you and you're in there. I was hanging out. So I'm lounging around. Mike, it was at the end of the EVA and Mike was, you yeah. know, cleaning up the payload bay and, uh, doing all that stuff, closing the hatch or whatever. And we're talking and, you know, I'm distracting him cause I have nothing else to do except hang out there and underwater. And, uh, it was something like that. Yeah. You were the, you, I, I think I said, 
Oh, I like to. They were saying that. I, I, I said, I like to. I can play golf and hang around. And Mike <laughs> says, you could be a general. Like, I never knew. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would have been perfect. So, oh, man. Yeah. Well, that was before. Oh, you, so that was before you guys got out of the water and then got your massages. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they would feed us grapes too. Yeah. You prima donnas. I had to get the beaded seat cushion in my truck, and I would drive home and I'd be like, "Oh, that's better." That's all I so, had. So, Gary, you you know the the thing is is that now I wish I had a chance to go to space station. That's the one. That's a big in my the way I look at it. You know, I it's just an amazing place and it's still it's it's still there and it's it's just great and hopefully it's going to be there for a long time the space station is and uh but mike you and you were saying you're garrett maybe got a little flack about you know height and and, but mike did you take any abuse being a hubble guy flying with these guys on station on a station yeah constantly every day Every day there was, uh, you walk, you know, morning till night, they were just, they would remind me that I was, you know, on this Hubble crew and they were just going to beat it out of me. They were going to take every good deal we ever got and they were going to make it even. They were going to try to make this even. Every day it was like, it was like, so bueno, uh, you know, when are they going to film our IMAX movie? <laughs> and again, don't don't hate us because we're Hubble, right, Mass? Like, just because yeah. they, just because they made an IMAX movie, you know? What are you going to do? You know, that's just the way it goes. Right? Yeah. They saw the talent and they saw the opportunity and it, it turned out pretty good. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but uh, Gary, you remember we were on the shuttle, too. We, we went up to station, but we were only there for a short time just to do some work. Right. And we had to, you know, do some construction. And uh, but we spent a lot of time on the uh, on the shuttle. And that, I'll tell you what, that crew was probably the funniest crew I think they've ever put together, right? Like, I was the adult supervision. That's how crazy this crew was. You know, you had, uh, you know, Ken Ham, uh, Hawk was the commander, Tony Antonelli, really funny guy, very smart guy. But we got to uh, get those guys on the show. They're really funny yeah, guys. But, yeah. And then our, yeah. our buddy, uh, Pierce Sellers, who's... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I just remembered what... Tell, you got to tell the story because you can tell it better than I can. But I remember one of the traditions is you normally watch a movie. One night, there's a movie night. Mm-hmm. Kind of after you've done all your work and you're going to get ready to come home uh, the next day, maybe. And so you have a movie night and you go down on the mid deck and you put up a, a laptop or something on the on the wall and uh, rig up some speakers. And then the whole crew floats there in the dark and, and watches a movie together. So do you remember what movie we watched there? On, on sure 132. First of all, I want to point out that like to watch this movie, you got to like make it dark inside. So you, you put up covers over all the windows. So it does, you know, for all the astronauts that come back and talk about how magnificent the Earth looks outside the window and how incredibly moving it is to see the Earth from space, remind them that they probably at one point covered up all those windows to watch a movie. <laughs> and 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 we well, did that, and we didn't watch just any movie. We watched Talladega Nights. That was that was the movie. <laughs> tell tell yeah. bueno, tell them why why did we watch Talladega Nights? So yeah, this is like a little, maybe a little bit irreverent, but uh, yeah, t- I think it was for Tony Antonelli. You know, we yeah. we got our wake up songs, but Tony got to pick the movie because he was a Navy guy, and this is kind of a Navy tradition, I think. Um, 
to watch movies because that's all they had to do out there out there on a boat you know we could go home and we're you know <laughs> we're with our families Play we're, <laughs> we're playing golf You're we're playing, having a good time yeah. and they're so Civilized. bitter because they have nothing to do but sit around and watch movies <laughs> every night for like six months so uh, we watch a movie and tony gets to pick the movie and tony uh, i think he was actually born up in michigan but he went to high school down in north carolina and he's a huge uh, nascar fan right New, you know loves racing and he kind of, like I said, he's a super smart guy, but he kind of likes to come across with that Southern drawl and, you know, play like he's played dumb. But he he wanted everybody to watch Talladega Nights and he especially wanted Piers, our British, uh, you know, born astronaut uh, to experience this, you know, like, oh, my gosh. As, as, as a cultural, a cultural exchange. Well, it kind of backfired, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It did backfire, but I love I love how Tony what? likes to play the redneck, like you're saying, despite the fact yeah. that you know I, I always would remind people he did go to MIT. You know he, he you know uh, yeah. which yeah. I don't know is not the greatest institution, but you know it's something, right? It's no Notre Dame. Funny. But yeah. he, uh, I just remember you know floating there and just throughout the whole movie, like you could hear Piers groaning. Like he was just, <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh, and he's muttering under his breath. This is the worst movie that's ever been made. You know, this is rubbish, you know, and he's a, he's a super funny guy. I mean, he he had a quip for everything. Um, yeah. But I just remember when the lights came on at the end of that movie and uh, I, I thought he was, he was probably crying. He was, he was in so much pain. <laughs> he hated it. He hated, he hated every second of that movie. And, and you're right. He has an really? incredible sense of humor. Uh, so my favorite pure story, I'll make this quick, but one day uh, down there and, and we were living all together by the Johnson Space Center in a place called Clear Lake, Texas, which is my, was my wife uh, uh, referred to it. Lake, it shouldn't be called Clear Lake, it should be called Lake Opaque because it's just a mud puddle, yeah. right? And, and you can't see a thing in there. But a, a big puddle. A big mud big, puddle. Big for a puddle. And uh, I went to Clear Lake uh, Ford and I bought myself my first brand new car. First time I ever bought a brand new car. It was a Ford Mustang GT convertible, and I felt like a million bucks. And and my wife and I were driving that thing around, and and and, and it's in the summer in Houston. So, uh, but I had to put the top down. So I got the top down, air conditioned, cranked all the way up at the top down, and uh, I'm, and and we're driving around this brand new car, drove it off the lot, feeling like a million bucks. And we pull up to a stoplight, and there's this beat up Honda Civic, that was just this falling apart jalopy. The wheels were about to come off. It was hand painted, and I don't mean like with some really nice spray paint, like in a body shop. I mean like the guy did it with a brush. He painted this thing with a brush, and I pull up and I look over, and sure enough, it's Piers. It's Piers driving his car, <laughs> and Piers rolls down the window, and he has to roll it down because not a, there's no power window. He has to roll it down, and he leans out the window, and he looks right at me, and he goes, "Bourgeois." <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, yeah. He was, a, he was a very funny guy. When you guys, Mike, what were you thinking when you got it? I mean, you had our crew, which I know you loved. But now with the second crew you had with Garrett, the reaction that I had was, I can't believe it. Because they put a bunch of you guys together who were just really funny guys. It was like, all right, who's available and who's funny? And that's what they did. I know. It was really dangerous. Yeah. Like, we had to, we had to like, like, make a point that, okay, and Hawk was good about this, right? He's like, you guys, we can have fun, 
but we've got to get our work done and we got to be perfect. Because if you don't, you know, if you screw up yeah. and you're messing around, then you look like a clown. But, you know, but we did have a lot of fun, yeah. but we, but we were able to, uh, you know, keep things, you know, going because we were like, Garrett, you talked about earlier, everything was going well. I yeah. remember when, when we drove up to the launch pad, you know, and it's just the crew at that point, it's just a crew and like a couple guys are going to help you strap in that are really brave individuals because every sane person is like at least five miles away from this thing. It was full of liquid hydrogen, liquid oxygen. It could blow up like a ginormous bomb. And we're standing right next to it. I'm, and you're looking up and that thing is hundreds of feet up in the air. And you're standing there feeling really small, I, you know, even shorter than I normally do. And I'm looking up and I'm like, I'm, I'm really just incredibly awestruck by what's happening to us and, and the, the power of this moment. And Tony comes over and he puts his arm around me and, and, he, and, and our spacesuits. And he, as we're both looking up and he goes, hey, Garrett, you know all that screwing around we've been doing during training? Well, it's going to look really stupid if we fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, don't put any pressure on me, man. Uh, but it was so true. Yeah, we, we had so much fun yeah. that if it went wrong, it would have been really bad. Yeah, you guys, you guys were fun to be around, and I'm getting a, a time sign from uh, from Jason over here, our uh, engineer producer. So I think we might need to cut it out. Although I think we could go on with a few more episodes just with Mike here if he's if he's game. Maybe we'll get him to come back. You want to come back, Michael? Right on the spot. Oh yeah, of course. I would love to come back, but I think uh, yeah, cool. yeah. Let's let the uh, let's let the people decide. Let's let the people vote. <laughs> I, I right, let me see. Oh, that's Jason. Jason, what, what's your vote? I'm in. All right. So the answer is yes. We'd love to have you come back, Mike. Why, but we hey, really wait, appreciate wait, wait. you. Uh, why don't we check? Why don't we check in with our one viewer, Mike? Do you want to come back? Yeah. Mike said yes, so we're in. I'm watching. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're half our audience, so so we can check with the other half later. <laughs> Talk to your mom and see if it's okay. And if she says it's okay, I'll come back. And for, for mom, well, for the well, record, well, I did fill out the oval that says, yes, I do love my mom. So just, just want to go on record having said that. <laughs> but there was, a, there was a bunch of erasures and scratch outs and stuff. Question mark. <laughs> no, I filled it in solid. Yes. All right. Of course. Well, we really appreciate you coming on, Mike. We know you're a busy guy. And uh, yeah. thanks very much for sharing some of your stories with us. And. And uh, we hope to have you back soon if you're if you're game. That was really you fun. Thanks for, thanks for coming along. Bueno, it's great to see you again. All right.